Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls. We have another dual episode coming at you. Little Red Sox, little Yankees. Perfect time for it. We had a Yankees-Red Sox series this weekend. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about um, everything that's happening between the two teams, everything that's happening in Major League Baseball, maybe even a little fantasy football as well. And we have um, a fun uh, draft at the end of the show. My name is Patrick. I am here with John and Luke and Barnes. And first thing I'm going to do is our first pitch. I'm going to catch up with everybody, see how they're doing. Uh, Luke, I will start with you. What's your first pitch? Uh, the the big the biggest news uh, of the weekend, other than um, what Albert Pujols did, uh, the the deal that the Mariners struck with Luis Castillo, um, which blew my mind. Uh, Luis Castillo got signed for a five year extension. Doesn't begin until the after until 2024 i believe five years at 108 million dollars um i feel like he could have gotten 100 million dollars more he's one of the best pitchers in the league he very well may be the best young pitcher uh in the league um there's also a sixth year vesting option for 25 million dollars but i'm uh that's innings innings pitch related so if he if he throws 180 innings pitched in 2027, then he makes $25 million for 2000, uh, tw- for 2028. Um, but the Mariners, I just feel like the Mariners just kicked, kicked ass with this deal. They not only do they, did they get him for a cheap hometown discount for a guy that's called the place home two months, but he is, they even have insurance in case he gets Tommy John surgery. If he gets Tommy John surgery in 2027 and he misses 130 days or more because of some kind of UCL uh, injury, then the 2028 option drops from $25 million to $5 million. Um, The fact that he'd make a deal like this tells me that he just loves it in Seattle immediately. And uh, because he passed up a chance for a big payday uh, after 2023 uh, if he hit free agency, he, he, he got signed for an AAV of $21.6 million. Luis Castillo, the, the darling of the trade market, uh, at the, this last deadline. With, uh, their locking down of, uh, Julio Rodriguez, um, that's going to be a team to watch for a long time. Sounds like, uh, John, I'll go to you. What's your first pitch? What's up with you? Yeah, honestly, that same deal really surprised me. Like, I've been to Seattle, and I enjoyed my time out there, but I'm not giving up $100 million to live there. I mean, uh, (laughs) I don't know what happened there. That one didn't really make much sense to me, and I I think he should fire his agent. Mm -hmm. Other than that, though, I'm doing good. Uh, Fun day of football, some interesting stuff. A punt getting kicked off as a Football getting punted off of somebody's butt in the Miami game. That was interesting. Never seen that before. And excited for Giants-Cowboys tomorrow. My undefeated Giants might be able to stay undefeated against the Cowboys. It'd be, just be fantastic. I have some football stuff Barnes probably doesn't want me to mention, but I'll wait. I'll let him go first. Barnes, what's up with you? Oh, yeah. New York Giants football. That's going to be amazing tomorrow. Saquon Barkley is going to carry the New York Giants to a victory tomorrow. It's going to be so sweet. Um, We were coming up with the agenda for tonight, and I was scrolling through, and I noticed that Luke may have left out the Yankees-Red Sox series that was happening this weekend. And Patrick goes, wait, we should definitely cover this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess Luke forgot about it because the Red Sox are holding tryouts for next year already. They're already wearing their men's league uniforms. And it got me thinking, like, the Red Sox wear the – they have, like, that gray. They have that white that they usually wear at home. And then they have this, like, one where they wear that blue T-shirt. <laughs> it just looks like they're in a men's weekend league, and I just can't unsee it now. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, oh, you got a Bobby doll back out there <laughs> and a bunch of, like, a bunch of other guys. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? So it got me thinking, like, hey, how many other teams have, like, a third jersey? I don't know. I don't know if anyone else can think of that off the top of their head, but I was kind of stuck there. So that's what I've been thinking about for the last, like, I don't know, maybe hour or so. (laughs) 
almost everybody's got a couple alternates now. I know the Yankees don't, they probably just have the two. I kind of wish the Red Sox just had the two uh, as well, but you know, got to make money. Um, but some of those alternate jerseys uh, really kick ass, but the Red Sox don't, I like the Red Sox red one, the red ones that yeah, say like Red Sox in blue. Those are cool. I, I'm not a fan of any of the other alternates though. Um, the thing that Barnes doesn't want to mention is that I um, absolutely destroyed him in fantasy football this week um, by about 80 points, 70 points or so. Um, my hometown guys, Lamar Jackson, oh. Mark Andrews, I mean, just obliterate Lamar, five touchdowns today. Um, I was uh, with Doug and our families. We were at uh, a crab feast today. Um, for those listening, you might be able to guess why Doug is not on the show tonight. Um, and it was great. Not only did I have a great time, um, I also destroyed Commissioner Barnes and Fantasy, and I'm feeling great this week. It was it was a terrible outing by the uh, Brawl with Barnes squad. They uh, pooped in their big boy pants, much like the reason Doug isn't here. He's also pooping in his big boy pants. Exactly. I've just gotten word Barnes finds Pat. 20 uh waiver wire dollars for <laughs> embarrassing him this week it's coming out it's coming out just see it on the league report tomorrow <laughs> he right, might wait up. until he might wait till friday afternoon to report it to avoid the to avoid the uh the the 24-hour news cycle so it just gets buried <laughs> over the weekend um okay we do have some red Sox Yankees to talk about so that's what we're going to talk about now um Wow, you want to talk about uh, tryouts for next year? The Yankees just embarrassing the Red Sox all weekend long. Um, John, I'll start with you. Any takeaways from from this series? I mean, obviously, you know, we suck. You guys are great, blah, blah, blah. But um, you're looking for October. Um, anything from this weekend that you learned or, or you took away um, that's on your mind in regards to that? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I don't think Michael Waka should ever throw a pitch in Major League Baseball again. The way he approached every at-bat with Aaron Judge on Thursday night was absolutely pathetic. He wanted nothing to do with Aaron Judge, throwing balls a foot off the plate, throwing balls in the dirt. Alex Cora is just sitting there completely content with his team being afraid of Aaron Judge, at least on Thursday night. I'll give some other guys credit later on in the series. But Thursday night was bad. And before anyone even says it, because I know it's coming, no, the umpires are not afraid to call low strikes on Aaron Judge because Aaron Boone's going to come out and yell at him. I know someone might have made that accusation, but no, the umpires are not afraid of being yelled at by Aaron Boone. Those pitches were pretty much in the dirt. Michael Waka was a complete embarrassment on Thursday night. Uh, really, it's just a culture with the Red Sox that I think is a problem. They need a new manager. Uh, Heim Bloom can stay as a general manager. I think for now, that's okay. You got to give him a little bit more time to ruin things. And uh, I think, oh, all in all, it was a good weekend. Uh, Yankees played well, and we're still waiting on that Aaron Judge home run as of right now. May or may not happen, but it will happen before the end of the season. Barnes, your takeaways? Big takeaway is, hey, Doug, I'm a ding-dong. I called my shot earlier this month. And on saying that Aaron Judge would hit no, number 62 on September 24th. As of this recording, it is September 25th, and he has only 60. So I got it wrong, but like John said, he's going to get it before the end of the season. Big, a big takeaways I had was uh, with the Thursday night game, which John was just talking about, Yankees uh, won in extras which was also pretty cool because the Somerset Patriots also got a walk-off victory and they earned their way into the uh, playoff rounds for double uh, a baseball, which is pretty cool. Cause I was, I live maybe 45 minutes away from the stadium. I've been to a bunch of Patriots games this year. It's nice to see some of the Patriots guys come up like, and on the squad now. And I'm like, Oh, Hey Cabrera, that's my guy. Like, Oh, Peraza, that's my guy. So that's always pretty cool to see. So, but yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it and I'm seeing this Yankees, you know, uh, minor league system come through and actually crack the, the major league squad. I'm, we're seeing that with Boston holding their tryouts uh, in these weird men's league uniforms. I mean, it is Sunday, so I get it. Uh, they're wearing their Sunday uniform, but 
it's like one of those things like, hey, does the is the pendulum swinging in the favor of the Yankees with these minor league guys? And whose minor league guys are going to make a bigger impact first? Right now, I'm swinging the the, uh, the pendulum over in the Yankees' favor. So Yankees, you know, have a chance to sweep the Red Sox tonight. Um, hopefully when you're listening to this, we're, we're all going, hell yeah, it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. And for what it's worth, you might have actually been able to call your shot correctly had Michael Walker not been such a coward on Thursday night. It, it could have happened. Two home runs Thursday night, but I Michael Walker was afraid. Um, Luke, uh, I hate to say it, but Barnes has a point. I mean, we're spending a lot of time just kind of looking at who's going to be on the team next year. Um, is that what you've taken away from this weekend? Um, what else has been on your mind? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, if they sweep the Red Sox, congratulations for sweeping them in a fall training series. As far as the Red Sox go, uh, they're like Barnes said, exactly. They're holding tryouts. I do want to respond to what John was saying about Michael Waka. If there's one person that doesn't have to duck Aaron judge, it's Michael Waka. Waka. Michael Waka owns Aaron judge. He's not even leasing with the option to buy anymore. He purchased him. He doesn't have a hit against him ever. So he's not dodging Aaron judge and who are, first of all, I I'll get really deep into this tomorrow. You'll be able to find my column uh, about this uh, responding to John's column from Friday on bleacherbrawls.com. His column was called the culture of cowardice. So you can read about uh, the Yankees culture of crying uh, tomorrow uh, on bleacherbrawls.com. So how is it your manager and your fans are going to, launch a full-scale campaign, all-out attack on Major League Baseball umpires all year, pretty much try to outlaw calling a strike to Aaron Judge, and then you're going to piss and moan when he keeps walking, when he really needs balls to swing at. He he doesn't have to take the, the borderline pitches, so give me a break. He can nut up and try and, and, work, and work for it. I'm not just going to hand him the record. Um so, you know, the only time Boone does anything is when someone calls a strike to Aaron Judge and then he and then he stomps out and starts uh, talking about what savages they are. So as far as this series goes, there's only one takeaway, and that's Brian Bayo, who keeps getting better every time he goes out. The future Red Sox ace, Derek wrote about it on uh, BleacherBrawls.com last week. Uh, he just gets better and better. Uh, he gave up what two runs today, two earned runs today. Uh, so far they're in a rain delay right now, I guess one, one earned run. Okay. They're in a rain delay right now, I guess. So he's probably done, but, uh, you guys can look forward to that. And I don't know. I mean, Pat said something about being embarrassed. The Yankees had to work their butts off each game to barely edge out a team that's playing fall ball you know, fall training games, uh, holding tryouts for next year. So I'm not embarrassed at all. Maybe the Yankees should be embarrassed. Michael Walker should be embarrassed because no matter everything you just said, and he still didn't throw a ball anywhere near the strike zone, a foot outside the plate is not a, it's a ball. It, it's yeah. always going to be a ball, a ball pitch in the dirt, always going to be a ball. That, that has nothing to do with any you of retired that. retired him Michael once. Michael was terrified of being on the wrong side of history on Thursday night. Um, yeah, I, I think that that really is my only takeaway from, um, from this weekend. Uh, John, I think it's, it's the best piece you've ever written, even though you were dead wrong about everything the entire time. Um, I love the one thing that I like from this series is that Aaron judge hasn't hit that home run. That's awesome that uh, he couldn't do it against us. Um, yeah, I listen, I don't care if the Yankees are on their way to the World Series and we're in last place and who cares? It still sucks to lose to the Yankees. It still sucks to get swept by the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Uh, but the one thing we can't hold on to um, is that Aaron Judge couldn't do it, couldn't do it against us, couldn't hit 61 and then couldn't hit 62. Um, that's awesome. I'll consider that a win. And most noteworthy is that he had it. He had the primo marquee setup it would have been the most legendary uh record setting home run or at least record tying home run in history on was it friday night friday night matt barnes 
Thursday night? Oh, okay. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been legend. Okay, like it was off a last place team. It's not like to put him into the playoffs. Oh, it's off a last place team. And the pendulum swing in the Yankees' favor, so I don't think it's quite as important as you're making out to be. It would have been cool. But to oh, say walk-off home run against the, it would have just been it, another home run off a last-place team. Against the arch-rivals that have eaten your lunch for the past 18 years? That wouldn't have Eat been a, to tie Roger Maris at Yankee Stadium? It, it would have been cool, but it wouldn't have been like this. It, you're overblowing the moment. because You would have been like, cheering harder for that than you have cheered for anything in the past 13 years. Here it is. Anything in any sport. No. So, so here, here's where you're both wrong. You're both right, and you're both wrong. John, <laughs> you're wrong, buddy. That would have been awesome. It would have been the narrative. That's why I called my shot. That's why I thought Aaron Judge was going to do it against the Red Sox at home because of the narrative. It would have been a freaking storybook. Luke, I agree with you, but you're blown it out of proportion. It wouldn't have been amazing. It probably would have been the second best, like, like walk-off type thing, like milestone in Yankees recent history. The other, the first being Jeter, you know, with 3000, you know, I think that like that was just a Jeter's career has been a narrative and like, that is a fairy tale written perfectly. But what if Jeter's 3000 was on a walk-off home run against the Red Sox? It would have been pretty cool, but it <laughs> wasn't. And that's why Aaron judge would have been second. And he but had it. And if, if Derek Jeter was facing Matt Barnes, he would have hit a home run. How did Judge not manage? Well, to? He, well, he would have hit a home run everybody. because they would have been grooving him fastballs. And it was it just warmed my heart to see Kike settling under that fly ball because that crowd erupted louder than I've ever. That's heard what I was about to say. I was like, "Are we talking about the time where fifty thousand people got out of their seats because <laughs> Aaron Judge was fourteen feet from a home run? And Every Kike fly just, ball like, is like neatly that. caught it." But Every fly ball the, he's hit, though, the stadium erupts. Like, and the, for what it's worth, the camera work's been pretty bad on that, too, because they're making it look like each ball is jumping <laughs> off of that, which is getting even more excited at home. But, like, yeah, anytime he hits a ball in the air, like, the crowd's going to go crazy. I thought that was going over the black. I thought it was going over the black section because of the impact, the sound of the crowd, the sound of the bat and the camera work, and then just seeing Hernandez settle under it, like, oh, this is this could not have worked out better. And it could, it would have been so much better. Like, did I miss something? Like, that was <laughs> coming right at me the whole time. <laughs> like, I think it's sad that the, the highlight of your season was Aaron Judge not hitting his 61st home run off of you. Yet, from my I mean, perspective, it doesn't, I don't feel sad at all. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Though that's one of the things I want to talk about tonight. Um, his the next one ties Maris. Uh, the one after that takes the American League lead. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about a narrative? He's taking uh, you know the Yankee lead from a Yankee. I mean, there's there's a lot to to write about here. Um, he's what is this? We saw this thing that was like he's it was 61 years ago that Maris hit 61. Or so. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, um, you can't make this stuff up. Um, I want to ask some of the Yankees guys um, kind of what does this chase mean for you? I mean, there's been a lot of um, talk about what is the record, the asterisk things with uh, with the guys in the 90s. Um, what does a Yankee beating a Yankee record and um, in many people's eyes setting the home run record um, mean for you guys? I'll let whoever wants to go first go first. So I'll take a crack at it first. For me personally, and I'm actually working on writing a little something on it now. I'm just a terrible writer, and that's why it's taking forever. But it's about just being part and seeing history or milestones. And I've been, you know, I've lived in New Jersey uh, in the tri-state area for ever since I was born. I, I've seen some pretty cool things. I, you know, I, I remember watching the, those late 90s Yankees years. I remember watching the New York football giants win their Super Bowls against those Brady teams. And I think seeing Aaron judge break this record by a guy who you're always just like, Oh man, Roger Maris, he was this legendary Yankee. Oh, and anytime you meet like your name comes up next to Ruth or passing Ruth, like across the board, you're like, Holy cow. Like this guy is, is Babe Ruth the goat? No, is he definitely the entry level like 
guardian at the gate like hey now you're allowed to be in these conversations absolutely and i think that seeing judge kind of eclipse that you're like hey is he on that yankees mount rushmore no not yet could he be in that conversation if he does it this year and if the yankees resign him and has like many more years of success absolutely so i mean i think we're looking at just such a crazy wild year because he's not just a guy who like that Joey Gallo season where he hit what, what, like 50 something home runs, high forties or low fifties, but his batting average was like two thirteen or whatever. The guy's hitting over 300 and you know, he's at these milestones. And I think that's definitely something to consider. So that's how I feel about it. It's just really freaking cool. And a bunch of young Yankee fans are, this is going to be in their head for the rest of their lives. And they're spoiled now, and they might not ever see anything like this ever again. It's it's just been super cool. You have a Yankee chasing a Yankee record. And it's just, I was thinking about it the other day. It's like my grandparents watched or at least listened to on the radio Babe Ruth hit 60 and then my dad watched Roger Maris at 61 and now here I am watching with my kids uh watching Aaron Judge chase 61 it's been so cool and just life stops these past couple of days ever since Aaron Judge got to 59 life stops like when he comes up to bat I'm following I'm either glued to my tv at home or if I'm out and I'm not in my house, I'm glued to my phone when Aaron comes to bat. Aaron Judge comes to bat. I'm following in the game cast. And when I know Aaron Judge is coming to bat, everything stops. Um, I was at gym, you know, had my, my daughter's at gymnastics the other day. And, you know, when Aaron Judge comes up to bat, like I'm just off to the side watching the, the game, driving home, same thing. Like I'm listening. We'll say I was listening. I wasn't playing video on my on my phone while I was driving home. But uh, of course um, not. Who would do so? No, of course not. I wouldn't do that. You know, um, I wouldn't. Me and Luke would never drive back from Houston watching a Yankees Red Sox game on the TV on our phones. Um, I, I actually stopped. I Aaron Judge was coming up to bat, and I stopped and pulled over in a church parking lot so I could watch his at bat and not miss it. You know, obviously he didn't hit the home run, but I wasn't going to miss it. And it's just been so cool. Uh, like I said, just life stops for this right now. It's primary, most important thing. Um, if I had to hold my breath for each Aaron Judge at bat just so I could see each Aaron Judge at bat, well, then Aaron Judge at bats are coming before breathing, and I'm cool with that. I um, I really like this chase for two reasons. Number one, I, I, I'm a baseball fan, and there are a lot of unbreakable records that um, will never, ever be touched. Things like the complete games record and things like that, right? Um, things that are just not the way the game is put anymore. There are things like this that were still touchable, and I think that's cool, and I think it's cool that we get to see it. The other reason why I, why I really like this is because now the Yankees have to give Aaron Judge the biggest, dumbest contract of all time that will be absolutely worthless when he turns 33 and his knees turn to dust, and now they're wasting $42 million a year on a guy who they have to DH for like 95 games a year, it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait for it. And if they don't do it, somebody else will do it. You know, like th that's the thing is either the Yankees have to shell out this really stupid contract or he's going to get on the subway and he's going to go over to Queens and he'll go to it in Flushing for three years, $55 million a year or something. And I, I don't know what's better. Either way, it's, it's a great outcome for me. So I, I love this whole thing. And for me, it means, well, first, that a genuine home run record uh, continues to exist in the American League. You know, the NL, the National League uh, record was bastardized in the 90s by McGuire, by Bonds, by Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa hit 60 home runs three times in four years. Nobody really thinks about that because who cares because it's fake. But it's that's how how worthless the nl home record is right now so it's great that one exists i mean i'll joke about it but i don't think with the amount of steroid testing going on right now if judge is on something then you know he's earned the right not to get caught because he's he's floating like a butterfly and stinging like a bee if that's the case so good for him um it also means that as i always knew aaron judge is ultimately motivated by money 
far more than he's motivated by team success and far more than he's motivated by personal pride. It's a business. It's what he does for a living. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think Yankee fans would disagree that that's what he's motivated by, but look, he hasn't come close to having his, well, no, the one year he hit what 52 home runs, but he hasn't put together a season like this. He can't even stay on the field uh, most of the, the time without missing 30, 40 games a year. Right. But, Oh, it's his con it's my contract here. Okay. Maybe I'll turn up the gas. I'll play every day and I'll, I'll set a major league record right before they have to decide how much they want to pay me for the next 10 years. So uh, it means he's going to get a $400 million deal. Plus it means like Pat said, I'll give him till maybe 34, not 33, but you know, once he's 34, the Yankees going to have to make, some real tough decisions about their future. And uh, Aaron judge will be uh, on the Jacoby Ellsbury uh, retirement plan. I thought it was a Dustin Pedroia retirement plan. Um, that's the, that's the Dustin Pedroia that's plan. The one is the where silver, he, he that's gets the hurt and plays package. even less games than Ellsbury played during the that's same That's the silver stretch. package. Well, I'm pretty the sure he played less games than Ellsbury played during that same stretch. <laughs> Just for the record. The premium <laughs> payments are lower for the Pedroia package. All right. Because all right, he was short enough. Because we can, uh, we can put uh, the rivalry aside for this next one because um, we did see a record uh, happen this weekend. Um, Albert, the machine, um, hits a 700th home run on Friday night. Um, he now becomes the fourth guy ever to hit 700 home runs. And, um, I want to hear from the crew kind of a similar thing, but, um, with, with the Yankees, Red Sox joking aside, um, what does it mean to see Albert do this? Um, any, any kind of takeaways, uh, what have you been thinking about the past couple of days? Um, seeing this guy kind of bounce back and make it happen. Um, once again, whoever wants to go can go. I'm sorry, what's going on? I'm following Aaron Judge. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I don't know. Look, I mean, like, it's a cool thing to see, but um, I'm just so locked in with the Yankees that I really, it just happened at the wrong time for me where I just can't really care. Uh, I didn't, you know, I've never, I, Albert Poolhill was the best years of his career with the Cardinals. I don't really watch a ton of National League Baseball. And I don't really like the Cardinals, so I kind of missed that whole part. Then he comes over to the Angels and really didn't live up to what he used to be. So, I don't know. I never really was that into Albert Pujols. So, as cool as it is, it's just happening at a time where I just could not care less. It's cool in all respect to him, but I just right now, it, it just means nothing to me. Typical, typical of a Yankee fan to say something like that. So what does 700 home runs mean? We're in agreement on that one. We're definitely. <laughs> what does 700 home runs mean to me? Uh, it's the super tier in MLB. There's, you know, there's mid-level tier. There's the top tier. And then there's this, the 700 home run plateau. He's only the fourth guy to make it. It's the, it's the club of the hall of goats. Like there should be a, a, a new a wing at the top, a top floor of the Baseball Hall of Fame for um, Bonds, Ruth, uh, Aaron, and Albert Pujols now. Um, it means you're better than everybody, everybody else who did it. It's so fitting that A-Rod just barely missed entry because that would have bastardized it as much as the 73 home runs record would have bastardized it um, because he doesn't belong there. Uh, clearly, you know, you can say what you want about Barry Bonds, but even before he had 73 home runs, he was one of the most talented, amazing baseball players of all time. So I'll even give him a pass for being in there. And uh, what I noticed this weekend is how much Pujols' career, it's very similar to Hank Aaron's, very similar. They were both consistently incredible for 20 plus years. Uh, Pujols played 21 years, Hank Aaron played 22 years. Both of them retired at the age of 42. Both of them averaged had, uh, had averaged 37 home runs per 162 games uh, throughout the course of their career. Uh, Pujols averaged 116 RBIs per 162 games. Aaron, Aaron averaged 113 RBIs per 162 games, so only three, point, uh, three uh, run RBIs off there. And Pujols' career OPS, career OPS for 21 years is 917. And Hank Aaron's career OPS over 20 years was 928. So they're the, 
I mean, you could strongly make a case that those are the two best baseball players ever because they were both so amazing for so long. And it seems almost impossible to, to stay at that level for that long. It's really incredible. Yeah, I think Luke hit the nail on the head right here. And because that's literally what I think about is how long Pujols has been in the league. He's been in the league for, what, 22 years, Luke? So, you know, he came into the league when I was nine. And, and you know, like when I sit, when I literally think back, I'm a nine-year-old. I'm in, what, fourth grade? I'm like, holy cow, this Albert Pujols guy is really good. And I find myself, I'm here, I'm 31 now. And I go, wow, this Albert Pujols guy is pretty good. And, you know, with a deeper, manlier voice now and some facial hair. And it, it at first, when someone said, oh, man, 700 home run club, immediately my first initial reaction was, oh, that's just the last man standing award because you need to be playing for forever to do. And then I go, oh, crap, you actually still need to do it. You can't just be on the roster. Like, and that's why there's only three other guys and you know there is definitely a special place in the hall of fame somewhere for albert pujols you know you know next to bonds next to ruth next to aaron and i i think it's just miraculous once again this is kind of like what i'm writing about is seeing a milestone like this being achieved during my lifetime of just something that's just ridiculous that will that us uh us four will probably never see again you know, I would, you know, and we've talked about it on the Doug and Barnes show, Doug and I, and we ran the numbers and Derek was on there one time too. And we ran the numbers. We're like, we don't think anyone in the league right now will hit 700 ever. You know, maybe, maybe someone that we don't know about, you know, maybe it's Bobby Dahlbeck. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that would never happen. Uh, it's like, sorry, Red Sox fans, not Bobby Dahlbeck. Um, but it's like, hey, like, we'll never see that again. And I think it's just miraculous to see. That's why I love 700. Albert Pools, congratulations. And to put a bow on it, like, to think of the guy he replaced, like, if you're not my age, a lot of people probably wouldn't know, even, you know, casual baseball fans, if you ask them, who did Albert Pools replace at first base on the St. Louis Cardinals? A lot of people probably, yeah, I don't know. Because he, I mean, he, 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 his performance that he buried the guy he preceded and the guy he preceded was the first guy to hit 62. Uh, well, yeah, the first guy to hit six in, in the sixties in a season for home runs, uh, since Roger Maris did. So, I mean, he made the world forget about Mark McGuire. Um, if you uh, follow us on Twitter at Bleacher Brawl, um, you've been able to see my propaganda the past couple weeks, and I'm gonna or the past week or so, and I'm gonna spew it here as well. I'm wearing my Josh Gibson Hall of Fame shirt specifically for this podcast because Josh Gibson hit like 800 home runs, and there are some accounts that he could have hit almost a thousand career home runs. Um, there was a point where Josh Gibson was called the Black Babe Ruth. And then people who heard that started calling Babe Ruth the white Josh Gibson. Um, and I know that the Negro League records are spotty and inconsistent. And um, so many uh, of those games were played against, you know, literal farmers and mechanics and stuff. Um, but I want to give a shout out to my guy who hit over 800 home runs. Um, and I think is the true home run king. Anyway, we can move on now. Um, Let's get back to Yankees Red Sox. So uh, one of the things that Barnes was talking about earlier was um, which direction is the pendulum swinging in this rivalry right now, right? You've obviously got it leaning towards the Yankees. The Yankees are at top of the division. Um, they're going to get a first round playoff by. They're trying to make a long run in the playoffs. However, the Red Sox um, are focusing on the future and they have a lot of young talent coming up. And they're clearly trying to um, make it so that they are um, consistently good every year um, with a mixture of free agent and farm, um, which, uh, if we're honest, is not the way the Yankees do things. Um, Aaron Judge is basically an anomaly when it comes to the Yankees farm system. Um, and so this year aside, looking ahead, um, I want to ask you guys, 
which way do you see the pendulum swinging? Is this Yankees season the way that it's going to be? And they're going to, you know, kick the Red Sox in the dirt for the next couple of years, or is it going to be more um, evenly handed, which would be nice considering the spin of our podcast. Let's, let's hope so. Um, the, I mean, clearly, well, I don't know a year ago today. Well, not today, but a year ago and, you know, early October, uh, the pendulum was definitely in slightly favoring the Red Sox. You know, they, uh, they, they finished at just ahead of the Yankees. Uh, and then they, they dominated them, battered them really in the uh, wild card game and knocked them out of the playoffs. But, you know, in that year, you, you definitely can't say it, you can't even just say it's back in the middle now because the Yankees were in first place and the Red Sox were in last place. This is a decidedly pro Yankee year as far as uh, the rivalry goes. So it's definitely in the Yankees favor, slightly in the Yankees favor for now. Uh, the, how the Yankees perform in this postseason and how the teams do this winter um, that'll really determine if it, if it stays put in their favor uh, or if it, if, if it even swings further in the Yankees favor, or if it veers back towards the middle, um, you know, cause uh, this off season is really going to be a watershed moment uh, for the Red Sox. And I think uh, when the off season is all said and done, um, I don't think the Yankees will go that far in the playoffs this year. And I think when the off season's all said and done, uh, we'll all be looking at this as the Red Sox uh, taking control back in the rivalry, at least on paper, because this is what Heim Bloom was brought in to do build the team once Dombrowski's crap, except Chris Sale, is off the table. We're going to be able to see what Bloom can do with a, a clean slate virtually for payroll and uh, with at least, you know, some some bullets in the chamber uh, in the minor leagues and some money to spend uh, for established players. It's going to be interesting. So uh, this is where I think the I think the pendulum is definitely swinging in the Yankees' direction. How far is it swinging? Right now, I'd say it's just tipping over. Right now, it's it's passing through. It's definitely on the Yankee side. You know, it, everyone's like, "Oh man!" Like you know, Red Sox fans, especially uh, our very own Derek McGuire, who will always go, "Oh well, you know, the Red Sox have these great prospects. Oh, the Yankees don't have prospects, and that's why they couldn't get that Castillo or Soto deal done." I'm like. No, that's not true. We do have prospects. We got a ton of prospects. We're just not shipping them all up to the major leagues because we're trying to play for a playoff spot. You know, we're we're making a run, and you know, you you can't. There's only so many spots that we have on the team. And a guy that came up, Oswaldo Cabrera, has been amazing. You know, I'm sure John will agree. He's been a great spark plug that we kind of talked about maybe a month ago now on the pod. Uh, shout out to Oswaldo Cabrera. Hey, if anyone needs his rookie card, I've got it. You want it? Hit me up. Um, every Yankee fan should have one. But the, I really do think that the the pendulum is going to be on the Yankee side for that at least the next two to three years. Just because I think that the Red Sox are building a project right now, and that's fine. But they're doing the group project from high school, where like a bunch of guys do the work, and then Hein Bloom is just like, oh, I'm say, I'll I'll present it. <laughs> and he's gonna get all the credit oh oh like no freaking all those guys down in a, single a double a triple a they're doing all the work they're like i don't think heim bloom's scouting any of these guys he's just gonna present it he's gonna get the credit just like how dombrowski got pooped on because he didn't do anything but i do think that the red Sox are a project right now that in three two to three years we might see it swing back over that way but for right now definitely on the Yankee side. Well, the thing is with how freaking insane Red Sox fans are, they're, they're kind of, you know, the, the ignorant masses are kind of trying to leverage ownership into putting Heim Bloom on the hot seat. I don't think he is because I think he's been doing exactly what they wanted him to do. It's just, they got killed with injuries this year and he made a couple bad decisions with the bullpen, especially definitely. But I think this is what they brought him in for. And he has been the first three years of his regime has just been strictly about getting this payroll under control and weathering that storm that D Dombrowski left for him. And now, I mean, this, this is a big off season for him and he's going to really have to make waves or else, you know, the, the fan, a certain segment of fans are going to turn into a lynch mob and, uh, 
Fenway Sports Group is going to have to make a, a tough decision on that. So I think he knows. I think he feels the heat coming from the fans, and he's going to have to make some noise this offseason. Well, my feeling on the pendulum is that obviously right now I think it's swinging more towards the Yankees' favor. Uh, the Yankees are in a good spot. Again, like I, there's this killing of the Yankees' farm system where we just had Oswaldo Cabrera come up and play really, really well. Looked like he belongs in the major leagues, uh, probably for a long term. Uh, Oswald, Oswald Peraza has come up and he's looked pretty. He hasn't gotten a lot of at bats, but he's had a couple hits tonight. He looks pretty, like a pretty solid player. You know, they have Anthony Volpe, who's supposed to be this fantastic player coming up uh if in the in let's say the Yankees do give Aaron Judge a long-term deal right now then you have Gary Cole Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge under long-term deals but then you, it's going to be years before you have to really pay guys like Cabrera Potraza and Volpe if these guys are going to be the future um the Yankees are always going to be a team you know they've been over 500 every year for the past like 30 years they're always in contention um, they don't have to break things down and rebuild like the Red Sox seem to always have to do. Uh, I think right now the pendulum is swinging in the Yankees' favor. It's there's a very they, with the right moves it can stay in their favor. And then there's going to have to be a little bit of luck too because I mean I think Luke's taking a lot of the things Heim Bloom is going to do for granted. Like you don't know if these prospects are really going to work out, but you don't know what these people are really going to turn into. Like. Right now, the Red Sox hottest prospects are like a catcher and a first baseman. And as a Yankees fan, I've been there. And, you know, it's a, a catcher and first baseman really aren't – don't if they're your top prospects, maybe the farm system isn't as strong as you think. Uh, that being said, um, and I, I'm going to mispronounce his name, the guy that pitched today, Bello or Bayo? Ba- Bayo. Bayo. That kid looks for real. Like this tonight's outing, he, he looked really good. So, I mean – The first of many. Could, what? The first of many. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You don't know though. Like, you know, right. But it's not, I'm not sitting here being like, you know, all these guys are going to be stars. It's that he's, there's value in the minor league system right now, which they haven't had for three years. Cause Dave Dombrowski didn't stress that. It didn't put any emphasis on development at all the whole time he was there. And now, so they'll have some capital to make moves with, as well as maybe some guys uh, that'll come up through the organization and do well. It's just a whole organizational outlook. That's not all dependent on free agency or trading away, whatever crap you got in the system for established uh, players. Okay. That's fine. But I mean, Heim Bloom, what has he shown you through the trades he's made so far? He traded Hunter Renfro for a guy. He just DFA before the season even made it through a season. You know, like he traded Ben and for nothing. The Royals got more from the Yankees than the Red Sox got from the Royals for Ben and Tenney. Ben and Tenney couldn't even make contact anymore when he was traded. But for trade work next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you're not going to be. He had to get something. He had to get something for Renfro because once Judge comes over, you know, Renfro doesn't have a spot anymore. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. But like outside of Fairyland, all right. Like Bloom hasn't really proven anything yet. And maybe he will, but it hasn't happened yet. So like I can't take any stock in anything he's done so far. I know we can't filibuster the whole show with this, but it's just that's he has shown me a lot. Look how far they got last year on a team coming into the season. A lot of teams, a lot of people were picking to finish in last place, and they they won two games in the ALCS. He did that with a really hamstrung payroll, uh, reclamation projects, young players, you know, bringing in undervalued guys. He's been following the Billy Bean playbook pretty much for the last couple of years. Now he gets to play ball with the actual purse strings of a uh, a big market team, which he hasn't had because Dombrowski screwed the payroll so much. So, yeah, my I guess my big thing is before we move on is, hey, if you're listening, let us know who you would rather have as your general manager, Brian Cashman or Hein Bloom. You know, it's really interesting to see, you know, as I sit back and Patrick's shaking his head because he's like, this is the dumbest conversation ever. I hate both. Why are we having this? I, this is dumb. What? I'm not kidding. Brian Cashman? Are you kidding me? I mean, like, well, anybody ta- could do what he's done over the... I couldn't do that shit. I mean, like... No, you couldn't. He could just, just open up his fucking checkbook in the end. I mean, he's done nothing. But, but, and how many of those guys have gone down the toilet? That guy's done nothing. In how many times has he opened the checkbook? Where are you, though? 
whatever. So, but my 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 thing here's my thing here's my big thing is, and I've I'm seeing what Heim Bloom is doing, and he's get he's gathering these pieces, and the way I see it is he's just looking at like trading pieces, like hey, I'm gonna get all these prospects. If they pan out, great, they're Red Sox. If like oh maybe I can trade it and get a bigger piece, but I have a feeling that's not what they'll do. It's what the Yankees try to do. They have these prospects, and then they, as uh, Derek says, we have no valuable prospects because we just ship them off every time, and we can't get any deals done. But that's not true because Oswaldo Cabrera, who looks phenomenal, isn't even near our top prospect. Our top prospects are still developing. And they all play shortstop. They do. Uh, we have four shortstops. So we have four shortstops coming up, and they're all going to be fantastic. Uh, huge shout-out to Trey Sweeney, Anthony Volpe. <laughs> Peraza, um, first ever four man shortstop rotation. Well, yeah, I, it just sucks because they're getting rid of the shifts, so it's it's really going to be hard to feature all of them. Uh, and hey, if you want to listen to that, our thoughts on the new rules, check out our previous episodes on the on Apple Pod or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. But you know, it's like, hey, which general manager's approach would you rather see? Would you rather see them? let's gather all these pieces and see what we can do or the let's get rid of the pieces and see what we got right now. So just, you know, let us know in the Twitter comments. That's a great, uh, great transition. We've told you what we think and uh, and we want to hear what you think um, on Twitter. Um, we're going to move on now. We're going to have some fun. We're going to do um, a draft. This uh, came to mind because Luke, I guess you just recently saw avatar in theaters again the other night. No, no, no. I saw the that the um, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, is finally coming out after being developed for 15 years. Okay. So I figure it's a good time to talk about sequels. So sequels have been on the brain. So we're going to do our movie sequel draft. Um, I think we're going to snake it. Uh, we have our draft order already. And we're going to do four rounds because we're missing Duds. We're going to take over for Duds um picks uh so the draft order is as follows we randomized it before the show john barnes myself and luke that's the order that we're going to go in and we're going to draft some movie sequels um that's pretty much it doesn't have to be the number two in a series just cannot be the original film in a franchise um or series or trilogy or whatever and uh and we're going to see who comes up with the best squad so, John, uh, number one overall pick, best sequel. What you got? It's a hard one. Um, and I know, I guess there's maybe a difference between best sequel and my personal favorite. But I'm going to go with my my number one pick. I'm going to use it on one of the greatest movies um, in, in, I think, of all time. I'm going to go with The Empire Strikes Back. It was just a revolutionary movie coming off of Star Wars. It ends on a low note. Um, you know, Han Solo getting freezing in carbonite. Oh, spoiler alert, if anyone doesn't know that happened. Uh, just some crazy stuff that ends in that, in that movie. The Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader showdown. Just, um, I could watch that movie a million times. So I'm going to go with Empire Strikes Back with the number one pick. Send your hate tweets to at Bleacher Brawls NY uh, to hate on John for spoiling the end of The Empire Strikes Back for all those who haven't seen it. Uh, uh, Barnes, uh, you're up and please spoil your movie. Uh, I won't spoil my movie because I'm not a jerk, but (laughs) I'm going to use my first round pick on one of my favorite movies. And I I personally think that the sequel is better than the original. Um, I'm going to take T2, I'm going to take Terminator 2 because that's the best Terminator. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to win. Twitter, if you're listening, we're going to post the teams in a poll. Vote on who you think has the best list of sequels. And you're going to pick mine because I have T2. Judgment Day. All right. Uh, My hands are tied. I didn't really want to make this pick. Um, but Luke has already made it clear that he's not going to pick it and I cannot let it be a second round pick. Um, so I'm going to go the Godfather part two here. Um, unlike Barnes, uh, Barnes, you're wrong. Terminator is better than T2. Um, and I actually believe that the Godfather is better than the Godfather two. 
However, um, that movie is perfect. So, I mean, you can't you can't get much better than that. So I'm going Godfather Part 2 is my first round pick. They're 1A, 1B. Terminator 2, though, is better than Terminator. Not by a ton, but it's better. And wrong, just wrong. to make the record clear, I said I wasn't going to pick The Godfather 2 just because I know somebody's going to pick it. And I feel like it's almost a waste of a pick. Like, you got to pick Godfather 2. Um, but I'm amazingly, John, are you saying that like you're drafting, like you're like a GM and you're like, this guy is so good. Somebody's going to pick him, So it's not going to be me. Honestly, (laughs) if you didn't pick it, I was going to pick it. Cause I was thinking along the same lines as you, like this can't not go in the first round. All right. Well, you Um, get back to back. So you get the the end of round one and the beginning of round two. What you got? That's right. Snakey McSnake. Um, all right. So my number one pick, I'm thrilled with it. It's also better than, in my opinion, better than a legendary movie that was the original movie. I think this one just barely edges it out. It's an all-time, I think the best science fiction movie of all time and one of the best action movies of all time, Aliens with an S. I know Alien was a completely different kind of movie, more of a horror suspense movie alien is just an amazing science fiction action movie uh edge of your seat great music great effects everything give me aliens all day with my first pick we're back to you round two what you got sneaking around uh for my second pick i feel comfortable with this there's some uh, it might be some disagreement but it and so there's Marvel movies that always have these sequels. Uh, you know, there's comic book movies. They always have sequels until they stop making money. And then there's The Dark Knight, which is just a phenomenal, amazing movie, comic book or not. I'm sure some of the dialogue is kind of kitty because they're trying to get the themes across and they kind of hammer them home a little bit. But I mean, The, the Dark Knight's in me. I think it's one of the 10 best movies ever made. Uh, Does it count as a sequel, though? Yeah. Does it count as a sequel? The second in a trilogy. It was the second in the trilogy. Yeah, Batman Begins. Like, remember? It's not like Batman Two. <laughs> yes, it is. What are you talking about? I don't see the two in the title. It says the Dark Knight. That's its own. It's a standalone. No, no. Um, Luke, you stole my pick, um, and so I'm transitioning. Um, to kind of the other side of the spectrum when it comes to comic book movies. I think that this movie just like nailed the comic book part of things um, where things are fun and, and kitschy and, and bright and, and for everybody. And so I'm going Spider-Man too um, from, from 04. I think that that is, um, for my money, it's the best uh, comic book movie ever made. Uh, Barnes, we're back to you. Uh man. Well, this one, I'm also, I'm not necessarily picking the ones that are vote getters, I guess, besides T2, because it's the best. Um, but I'm going to go Rocky Four, the best Rocky, because if he dies, he dies. Much like your picks, much like your lists, you will die. You know, there's a subset of people who call Rocky Four like the other than Five, which everyone says is the worst. They that call Rocky Four the worst one. I don't get that at all. It's the most '80s movie there ever it's was. The this guy, a boxer, ends the Cold War and beats the giant Russian dude. I mean, it's everything <laughs> that was great and kind of horrible about '80s movies, but fantastic. Yeah, that's the best Rocky. Can we? Can we? Do we as Bleacher Brawls agree that Rocky Four is probably the best Rocky? No, because Rocky is the best Rocky. No, it, yeah. but it's not. It is. It is. <laughs> but it's not. Rocky okay, Four is legend. You gave me you said you can watch any of these. You can watch one Rocky movie tonight. I am putting on Rocky Four. <laughs> it's it, it's legendary. It'll should go down in history because it's the only movie that I can ever recall that has a training montage and then like four lines of dialogue and immediately goes into <laughs> another training montage. <laughs> Drago! <laughs> All right, John, uh, we're with you. You get the end of round two and the beginning of round three. All right. Well, I'm going to go with my pick, 
Um, again, maybe this movie's not going to necessarily win any awards, but I'm going with my favorites. Uh, I'm going with Die Hard with a Vengeance. You got John McClane, you got Samuel L. Jackson, um, Yippie Kaye, Mother Hubbard. I just, I love this, this movie. Uh, you know, it's definitely not die the original Die Hard, but it's pretty darn close. So, Die Hard with a Vengeance for my number two pick. I'm ashamed of myself. I didn't even think of that when I was making my list. That one's a the only third movie that I think is better than the original that I can think of. I would take Die Hard with a Vengeance over the first Die Hard. And it makes an appearance at Yankee Stadium, which is pretty cool. And for the record, I you said nobody picked Godfather, so I didn't have enough time to rearrange my draft board. I just want to say that. <laughs> okay, All okay. Right, well, so you're up three. now. You got the beginning of round three, so. Yeah, this is hard now because I'm, I'm running into some tough ones. Um, I got my list here. Oh, this is a tough one. All right, well, if I'm going with my favorites, I'm going to go with this one then. I'm going to go with X2. Uh, the second X-Men movie, it was maybe in retrospect, it doesn't hold up compared to since all these other outstanding comic book movies have come out. But in the moment, at the time, that was a badass movie with some awesome scenes, um, just some great moments. And really, at the time, the special effects were awesome. So I'm going to go with X2 for my number three pick. Absolutely holds up. You're right. It does. I watched it recently. Not bad. Barnes, you're up. All right. Here we go. Let's, uh, oh, man, I really want to take this one movie. I think it'll get back to me. So I'm going to play the game and see if it gets back to me. And I'm going to be really sad if it doesn't. Uh, also, because I didn't really like The Dark Knight. I didn't consider it a sequel but I guess it is technically, but I'm going to take the better star Wars sequel. I'm going to take return of the Jedi because it's superior and I got it in round three. So the value <laughs> and I won't spoil it. So if you haven't heard it or heard of it or seen it yet, unlike John, uh, it's just an awesome star Wars movie. It's great. And I won't tell you what happens. I got return of the Jedi part. Check it out, at least for Princess Leia in the gold bikini. Maybe it's different if you're not, like, 10 years old, but if you're 10 years old, Princess Leia in the gold bikini. I got Return of the Jedi over Empire Strikes Back myself. Wow. Wow. Um, what is this? This dark. I feel like we can't gloss over this Dark Knight. is not a sequel. Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I mean, it's like... Two doesn't this... come after one? What is happening? Two comes after one. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Two <laughs> does come after one. But Star Wars, the return of <laughs> episode six, <laughs> it's in the name. Oh, so it's got to be... It's got to have like a number in the name. Oh, oh, I see. Like the, okay, well, the, I was say, the end of Batman Begins, they give him the the oh shoot the Joker playing card. Oh, you spoiled again. another movie. But Whatever, it's twenty years old. If you haven't seen it by now, it's your own the, fault. They the, give him the, the Joker Knight. playing card to set up for the next movie. So that seems to me like it'd be a sequel, right? We are getting like, right up on Reddit right next now. Movie. Yeah, I'm getting uh, whatever. I don't care anymore. All right, I'm going now. Third round pick, and um, I'm going to take it now because. I don't know how Luke feels about this, and he's got his last two picks coming up, so it's it's possible that it might not stay on the board, although I don't know. So I'm just going to take it now, and I'm going Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That is the best Indiana Jones That's movie. a freaking great pick, and I... Ugh. <laughs> um, it's, it's the darkest. It's the most interesting. Um, it's the best one by far. Well, that leaves me. I actually like Last Crusade a little better, but Temple of Doom is great. Um, so I'm stuck here. Yeah, this is it for me, huh? My last two picks. I am going to go the X-Men route myself. Uh, I feel like it's kind of slid under the radar a little bit because there's so many X-Men movies now. But I think X-Men Days of Future Past did all of the comic book movie stuff right a great story that involves a whole bunch of characters but nobody feels like they're just thrown in and just like coming in and zapping somebody with their laser eyes or something and then floating off in the sunset with no re it's not like x-men origins the the wolverine origins movie which was awful this was 
amazing story and it was great action it had a lot of heart and it was just a very it was like a flawless comic book movie in my mind all right back to you your last pick you're kicking off round four the final round so with my final pick i am going to go with Another one that I think it's like number six or seven in a series, but I I really I was on the edge of my seat the whole time I watched this movie, and I really couldn't believe what I just saw when it ended. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, and it's got me so excited for the next Mission Impossible movie, which I think comes out next year. Um, just you know, really, really phenomenal and long, but didn't feel too long at any point. Um, I was deciding between this one, uh, in, in round three between Temple of Doom and this one, and I'm glad it stuck around because it's what I'm going to take with my final pick. I'm going Top Gun Maverick. That movie was freaking awesome and way better than the original Top Gun. And, um, we probably have some grandpas on this show right now who think the original Top Gun was better. I, unlike them, am not 75 years old, regardless of what Luke says. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick was awesome and so much better than the original. I still haven't seen a birth certificate. Well, it was different. Like Top Gun, again, 80s. Top Gun was a great 80s movie, but movies are just so much better in general now. It's like, yeah, it's a much better movie than the first one. All right, Barnes, your last pick. What is it? <sighs> well, so... I don't really consider it a sequel, but I guess technically it is part of a trilogy, even though it's not in the name. Um, you know, what is my current theme and harping on for the night? But uh, I'm going to go ahead and take it anyway, because to hell with you guys. I'm going to take the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that's part of a trilogy. And that's arguably one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think one of the best movies of all time. If you work for a living, why do you kill yourself working? That's a great one. That's a great round four. John, wrap it up here. The final pick. What is it going to be? Jackass 3D. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh man. <laughs> it's just joking. I'm in a tough spot, though, now because, man, I'm glad, Pat, I'm glad you picked Temple of Doom because that just shortened my list by one. Um, oh, this is so hard. Um, and since I'm going to go over, with. Captain America Winter Soldier. Captain America Winter Soldier just beats out Thor Ragnarok uh, for the best for my number four pick with 22 Jump Street getting an honorable mention. But Captain America Winter Soldier might be my favorite Marvel movie. So I'm going to go with that one to close this one out. And he's I, an honorable mention too, Barnes. Yeah, I, 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 a movie I really wanted to take, but I couldn't bring myself to take it because I thought one of my other picks was going to get taken, but Toy Story 2. <laughs> because that was, like, the first, like, pixar like, Disney movie that had a sequel, to my knowledge, at, at, or at least for my young childhood. I think you're right. I was like, Holy cow, they're going to do a second one? That's amazing. <laughs> so I don't had, Toy Story 2. I had Toy Story 3 on my list. thought that was phenomenal, a uh, Pixar movie. Um, for my honorable mention... I'm going to stir it up here. I loved Star Wars The Last Jedi. I cannot believe how much hate it gets. It had Ryan Johnson had the balls to take it different directions. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, um, but it, it went off the wheels for a little bit when they go to this planet that doubles as a casino. But other than that, I just I think people were just looking for a retread of Empire Strikes Back, and I just. They, they did something different, and I loved it, and I was surprised over and over watching it, and I can't believe all the hate it gets. Last Jedi was really good. Luke and I fought over that for, like, five months every single day for, like, five months. That, that's probably not going to surprise anybody. Yeah, that was a shock. So time. many long emails that I was writing at work getting paid to write. <laughs> yeah, we both probably should have got fired during that period of time. <laughs> My uh, my honorable mention is Too Fast, Too Furious, um, 30% because that movie's awesome and 70% because the title is awesome. 
Um, that's not even the best sequel in that series. Are you kidding me right now? Okay, we Tokyo Drift. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, all right, we don't need Tokyo don't, Drift and the Furious. We don't. We don't have the time for this right now. We're gonna wrap it up. That was fun. Um, we're gonna have some more of these coming in the future. So we covered a little bit of everything. Um, some Yankees, some Red Sox, some some baseball history, some baseball records, and we snuck in a draft as well. Um, it was a fun one. So we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, make sure you follow us on all the places that you can follow things uh twitter at bleacher brawl um uh facebook you can find us youtube of course uh, we've got youtube videos coming out all the time um bleacherbrawls.com we've plugged a couple times and um we are um always pumping fun stuff uh out on there um we've got it all so if you want to um stay with us with some yankees some red Sox, we've got the playoffs coming up that'll be fun for the yanks um, we've got it all, and we are here all the time, three days a week, in your ears on this podcast, Tuesday night, the Duncan Barnes Show, live on Twitter, Tuesday nights. Um, you can check that out. Um, we've got it all. You can find uh, all of our stuff anywhere you want something. Leave us nice ratings, hit the like button, hit subscribe, do all the things that you do so you stay in touch with us, all right? So my name is Patrick. I'm here with John and Luke and Barnes, and we are signing off. Thank you all, and we will see you guys next time.